Hey guys, welcome to Bag Borecast, episode number 504. I'm Chris. I'm John. We're a weekly Paul. podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out. I'm sorry, I forgot to write this down. The December 14th. 13th of December, 2022. 14th. It was a DC book that I looked at. It comes out a day ahead. Mm. Nice. Well, we followed it up with our weekly... Oh. Spoilers. John's going to pick a DC book. Spoilers. Ah. I, I didn't know what you were saying spoilers yeah. for. And now that now you knew. No, because I explained it. And then we followed it up What's with our third? weekly rotating main we topic. Do. And this week, we're tying into the release of Avatar 2, The Way of Water. We're, we're talking about... Our favorite pop culture aliens and out of this world. You know what my favorite thing to do was thinking about uh, aliens is drink. Why, why are you taking your pants off? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, just drink. Oh, no, no, with your pants on. Yeah, that's a that's rare for you, Paul. A lot of things are rare. Usually, my steak's rare. Uh, but we're all. What well, another rare thing is, we all are drinking the same beer. Now it's not that rare because we've done the same thing for the past two episodes. But again, we are drinking from the Clown Shoes Holiday Twelve Beers of Christmas Variety Pack, uh, and we're starting off with Swagger Red Lager. This is a red lager, which is different than an amber lager that John looked up and has told us all about. Nope, they're exact same thing. They're exactly the same thing. They're called something different, though. by volume. And another one of these beers that I'm kind of like, it's okay. It's yeah. a little different. Chris, do you have more information? No. Yeah. So uh, we are having Swagger Red Lager at uh, 6%. The, um, they say in the can that they've dry hopped this with Simcoe and Citra, and it does have... A nice little dry hop finish to it. Um, it's nice. It's not. It's not the. It's not a bad beer, but it's not the best beer. This is definitely like bottom of the barrel and bargatory. Like, it's not going to be the top ten things I'd want. But I wouldn't mind drinking this. It's not bad. I would take it over a Budweiser or a Boston Lager. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish this had like cinnamon or some kind of spice to it. I think that would be fun. Would add no, I think any of that would kind of cover up that. that little bit of a that hot bitter that you get on the back. I think it's fine. I don't don't love it, but I don't dislike it again bargatory like i think it's a it's a step under that for me yeah bottom of the barrel bargatory like i don't feel pressure like i'm not like oh yeah i want to finish this beer but i don't feel like it's a chore to finish I, it either no i like i'm gonna like ha- i don't yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm at the same point i'm, I'm halfway like, through it, just, and I'm like, it just okay. drinks i mean i know i, I cracked it open before you guys did but I think I only took like maybe two or three sips yeah. before that, and yeah, that's yeah, there. Because I keep on glugging it down, hoping to find something to it, you know. But there, it it they, it does have like right now. I have a nice hop, 
bitter on my palate that I'm like, mm, this is enjoyable. I'll take another sip. And then you get that sip and you get that ambery kind of red mm. lager. And you're like, ah, oh, this isn't really what I wanted. And then it finishes with that kind of dry, bitter hop. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to keep yeah, going. It has back a nice, like, it. lingering mm. hop on it. It's it's fine. I like a little bit more of that, like, amber toastiness up front. But again, like, it's not. Yeah. I think more than any, a more than any of the other beers we've it? had from this box, this is the one that's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's not terrible. It's yeah. not great. It's not bad, but it's not good. Like it's, I think, um, this might be my least favorite from the box. I don't know because I think I would take this over the pale uh, from I last. Pale had like a nice little like dry hop to it. I don't know. I, I think I was able to drink that easier it, than this one because this one again, like I pause it, I keep looking for something else in it. The pale, I'm like, okay, it's a pale, like that delivered on the promise. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind space cake, but I don't love space cake. I would drink this over a space cake. Mm. I think I turned the corner last week on space cake, where I think I like was like, okay, yeah, if it's there. In a form that I want to pick up, like, you know, in a six-pack cans or, you know, and it's similarly priced to a Two-Hearted or a, you know, Sierra Nevada, like, you know, double IPA. I'm like, I could see myself getting it. Being like, oh, yeah, Space Cake. I think Space Cake is like maybe 12 or 13 99 for a four pack tall boy. You know, at that point, you know, I'd rather get wrench for a double IPA. Yeah. But same price point though. Two fiddlehead four pack mm-hmm. is 14.99, 16.99 for a second fiddle. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you get a way better beer with those two when we had the space cake, but to me it was just like, yes, it's a decent double IPA, but it's not better than just going to local brewery that just opened up and getting their yeah. double IPA that they put out. Like, yeah, it's it's fine. I think I go in expecting a little bit more from Conscious, and we've had this discussion for the last 12 or six of the 12 beers, and we've had it like the previous years before. Yeah. Like, we, They do have pedigree to them. They do stuff very well, and I think some of these beers show that and some of them don't. I think this is just one of the ones that doesn't. Much like our next beer spoilers. I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh, not ripping no, through these beers uh, be as quickly. One. But, Paul, I hear you ripping into a newspaper uh, over there. Oh, yeah. We got news, boys. We got last week. We got, <coughs> Wait, we got news, boys. boys. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I went out to the oh, news there garden. They there, there they are. In the back behind Paul there. Hey, come on. Come on, paper. Yeah. And they want to let us know that we didn't discuss a trailer last week. Uh, We missed one. And that is Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Rise of the Beasts. But yes, it is Beast Wars. Uh, This trailer was announced and debuted the same time as the other two that we talked about. But just really, it flew under my radar. And I blame the fact that I don't care about the Transformers movies on that. So this probably wasn't something that got suggested to me. Uh, due to the algorithms and everything. Uh, 
This doesn't look bad, though. This definitely looks more in line with Bumblebee than the the Marky Mark Transformers. So I think this is like a pseudo-sequel to that, but not the other ones, which Bumblebee was a lead-up to, but completely disregarded. I don't... The Transformers movies canon is kind of suspect to me now, so I don't know. This looks fine, though. I did, did you but see it looked Bumblebee? good, and I heard it was good. Yeah. And people people said it was good, because I haven't either. I think I'm just still in a state of Michael Bay Transformer movies mm-hmm. where I can't be like, yeah, I'll watch another one. I'm just, like, traumatized by those movies that I'm just but like, it's so bad. This, it has that Generation 1 animated series kind of boxiness to the characters. It looks a lot more faithful to that than those Bay ones did or were, however you want to word it. Um, I don't know. I think this looks kind of fun. I was never a big fan of Beast Wars when it came out. Um, I think that was starting to age out of that kind of content at that time. And it was that early days of CG where everything was like reboot style and it just looked very plasticky but still metallic-y. Love but you gotta admit, like it just it didn't age well at the time. Like as soon as it well. came out, I was like, "Oh, this looks rough." But it was something new, something different. Yeah, and Beast Wars probably didn't age, doesn't age well either. But wasn't that on a different planet? Like the whole it was point? a different planet. It was like a different planet. It was like a jungle planet, so that's why they transformed into like beast-looking robots. Yeah, they tra- into animals. There were no machines there. I had uh, the Optimus Prime giant monkey, gorilla. Yeah. Uh, and I also had the Megatron dragon. Optimus Primal. Yeah. I had both of those. Because I liked yeah. the show, and they were cool. They That's were cool looking. Cool. And I also had money then, where I was like, I'm going to buy myself Transformers. Because I... Never had them growing up because they were way too expensive. I think it was, like, they showed it at a weird time. Like, it was definitely aimed for, like, a little bit younger than I was because, like, I would have, like, as soon as it started, I would have to leave for the bus. I remember seeing it in afternoons, I thought. I remember being on afternoons. So it might have been, like, a home kind of thing because I remember in the mornings when I was getting ready to leave for school... I mean, my mom would usually be watching the news, but once I had my own TV, it would be stuff like Sailor Moon was on. I used to watch Gargoyles every morning. I, re- and, uh, I remember. And Bruno, the uh, voice-led Bruce Willis cartoon. I don't even remember that one. Don't remember that. He was like a little kid spy named Bruno, played with <coughs> Monica. Voiced by Bruce Willis. Uh, anyways, I don't know. It looks good. I don't know if this is going to get me back into Transformers movies, but you know, it. Depending on reviews of it, I might go back and watch Bumblebee, and eventually watch this if it's on something streaming. Well, Bumblebee, Bumblebee was uh, it for the longest time. I think was on Hulu. I don't know if it still is. I'm going to look up the Rotten Tomatoes score while you for Bumblebee while you guys talk about the well, next. Speaking about news. alien robots, uh, it's going to head us into the teaser poster that we got for the upcoming DC Universe uh, Warner Brothers Blue Beetle movie uh, coming out in 2023. Confirmed. This isn't something that's going to be 
pushed back. It probably will be. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it it's just a picture of the scarab, and it looks cool. Yeah, I think it looked really cool. Uh, it gets me a little more excited. I remember, like, what was it? Like two months ago, we got like some type of some type of set photo, and the suit looked pretty good. Uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a trailer for it. I'd like to see, I'd like to see, and hopefully, be excited for this. Uh, I almost picked up the blue beetle comic today at the comic book shop because it was a new number one um but i already had too big of a stack of books that i was like i can pass on this i can pick it up later i'm not gonna if anything it'll be a number one that i that i bought and it'll sit on my stack for a while before i get around to reading it and at that point i might as well just wait for the the trade if i really want to read it fair paul what do you what do you got for us uh, I'm, I'm like I'm confused by the color, and uh, yeah, it, it's just a blue beetle, I guess. It's more, kind of purple. the The 2023 is like trying to be a hip, cool 2003. Like there's a it's, it's a poster with nothing on it other than a beetle, and I'm trying to like scrounge anything to talk about. Like I don't know what's the what's the tr- what is this movie? Who knows? I know it's Yami Reyes, right? Like, but that's because I'm in the know. Like, I know that the yeah, kid that, from Karate this, Kid is playing Yami Reyes. Is is Ted Cord going to show up? This poster is for what, 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 this, tells this me poster. Nothing. This poster is to get people like you excited. Yeah, people who are fans of the character excited, and it's cool. It's, it's a it's cool looking. I'm, it's the hey. I know a lot of bad stuff's happened at DC lately, and you can't... We keep pushing stuff back. Who knows if we're going to release this Flash movie? <laughs> apparently... Black Adam Apparently Flash is but, still coming out, and hey. it's, it got moved up. Yeah, it got moved up, and apparently some early buzz about it is it's like... It's Spider-Man, Spider-Verse level of, like... People are saying it's like... DC's Spider Verse, it's it's that good, mm. and I'm like, I, it's, I don't want it to be like I like the Flash, I really like the Flash, I, you know, I, I don't think I, I can be I'm, accused of. I'm being sorry, a Flash I, but I want this. I, movie I feel to be like good. that's I just don't. so hyperbolic. Like, oh, this is DC's <clears throat> Spider Verse. I don't think DC's earned it at that point because. They don't have a lot to build off of. And if it's going to be their Spider-Verse, it's basically just going to be because there's two different Batman in it. Right, but Sony well, it's going to three different flashes. Pi- Sony Animation Pictures didn't have anything to build off of with Spider-Man either. But Spider-Verse has known and loved versions of these characters. I mean, yeah, we got Ben Affleck and the Michael Keaton Batmans, but nobody likes Ezra Miller now and they're giving us nobody knows Spider-Man Noir or Spider that version of Spider-Man No, but they were they were still fun. Spider-Man Spider-Man. It was still Yeah. Okay. And they weren't and they weren't the main characters. And that movie was so expertly like executed just with the different animation styles and the love and attention put into it. I don't I don't know. It's 
It doesn't seem. It if it is anywhere like close to that. Wow, amazing! You you did it, DC. But I don't. I don't think it's it's gonna. But looking at the um, the Blue Beetle costume leaks, because I forgot what that looked like, because it happened back in May. Oh yeah, it looks like it's a good costume, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that it's you know, like costume leak <laughs> stuff. So it's you know shooting footage. You know, you know where I would like to see that that on the poster. Place? Where I would like to see it uh, on the poster like in the one picture from the the Blue Beetle set, there's a guy in the background wearing a Pym Technologies T-shirt because he probably worked on Ant Man. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I am excited for this movie. I will probably see this. Um, but that being said, I still haven't seen Aquaman. I still haven't seen Black Adam. So who knows? Don't want to commit to anything. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably won't. I, 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 I mean, I saw Black. You Hit loved it. I, I, I liked it a lot. I had fun with it. It wasn't great. The, you said I, it was the best version of JSA you've ever seen <clears throat> on screen because it's the only <clears throat> uh, uh, Smallville. Uh, <clears throat> it didn't. I, yeah, I watched one of those. It was awful. The Smallville one was bad. It was bad. Uh, <coughs> Stargirl? The Stargirl one's not bad. All those characters are kind of dicks, though. Yeah. I haven't seen no? Stargirl. Oh. Oh. Um, to me, they wrote this script 14 years ago for Black Adam, mm-hmm. and then they never updated it or changed it. it so it's like a, like a 2012... It's a 2012 uh, comic book movie writing with 2020 special effects. Like the special effects are great in it. Like how they use um, how they use Doctor Fate's powers and his magic, how Black Adam moves, and how he, they use how they show his speed and everything are all really cool. Like those are all the things that are like, yeah, that's great. Story's kind of stupid, but. Is it better than Green Lantern? And was Green Lantern 2012 or 2008? How old was it? I think it was 2008. Uh, it's way better than Green Lantern. Oh, that's something. And you know what? Bumblebee was way better than that because uh, Bumblebee has a 91% on the tomato. The tomato. Tomato meter? Tomato. The tomato meter. <laughs> the tomato meter. Uh, certified fresh. 74% audience score, though. Now, so. It- the audience like Gemini Man better, and also Attila Battle oh. Angel. Alita was supposed to be really good. Right. Uh, uh, Gemini Man, Alita? I don't think anybody liked those. Alita's those good because I didn't see Alita, yeah. but I didn't care to because I never saw the anime. But I heard that was cool, like that because that's the Robert Rodriguez one, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him and James Cameron did it together. Uh, it's good. I, I think it's fun. It's worth a watch. Like I never watched the anime, but it's a they really build a, a pretty cool world, and it looks good. It looks really Interesting. good. You know what else looks good? Interesting. Don't step uh, on my line. Coming I was out. Say some of the comics coming out December fourteenth, twenty twenty two. Johnny can't play him. It. He's not glitching um, anymore. So what I, I know was, was the League of Comic Books website 
because I closed that and then came back on, and I've been fine since then. Oh, the League of Comics is uh, drawing all your power. Dude, they play a lot of video games. see, I'm not getting those it's, ads, so I don't know. Maybe it's just because my computer's not loading them because of an ad block or something. I don't know, but Paul, yeah. what book are you looking forward to coming out this week? Well, here on uh, the League of Comic Book Geeks, it's telling me that I'm looking forward to the H- Happy H- Honda Day sale coming up to... No, no, let me scroll down a little bit past the ad. Uh, Wonder Woman 794. Uh, this is uh, being written by a powerhouse team of Becky Cloonan, Michael Conrad, and Jody B- Belair uh, are all uh, on writing duties, but it does seem like there is a backup story, backup uh, issue... Okay, the backup story is written by Jody Belair, and so the main comic I'm guessing is by yeah Becky Cloonan and uh, Michael Conrad. But this is Wonder Woman going up against the gods themselves. That's oh, right. Paul, She's going to start, Paul loves uh, when Wonder Woman going does after that. the yeah. Oh yeah. When she fights against the gods of fear and panic, Phobos and Nemios. So now, is this the beginning of the story arc, Paul? Or are you going like right into the middle? I think it's the start of a new story. Oh, arc. So, oh that's out. really not. I didn't say that's when not you your said thing. It, that's not Paul, your. When you told me you were picking this book, I was like, oh, I didn't know you were still reading Wonder Woman. Are you just picking this up again for like the first time? Okay, I'm picking it up again. Yeah, for the first time in a while. Because yeah. Becky Cloonan's your your girl, right? Yeah, yeah, Becky, yeah. I see a book being written by. Becky Cloonan, and I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a oh, shot. Does that mean Keep you're picking up Batgirl's number thirteen as well? Because she's still writing that. That's my that's my pick for this book. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Also oh, yeah. co-written that's by uh, Michael Conrad, art by Jonathan Case. Uh, Batgirl's <clears throat> number thirteen uh, in the 2022 annual. Uh, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown had their minds switched, so it's kind of like a Freaky Friday type situation, <laughs> uh, and it looks like their parents. Are coming to get them, uh, so we're getting returns of the Clue Master and uh, what's her name, Lady Shiva, uh, coming back into the Bat Universe with Stefan Cast switching brains. Uh, new artist on this book, Jonathan Case. I was not familiar with him, so in the lead up to recording tonight, I did uh, Google him quick. He's got a really cool kind of retro art style. He was actually on the Batman sixty six book for a while. He's done a couple other things, and I really uh, dig the look of his stuff. So I think uh, I think Batgirl's Thirteen is going to be one to watch. I'm looking forward to it. John, are you looking forward to a cool. Becky Cloonan book? Yeah. Ah, you're no, always the but difficult I am looking one. forward to a. Mm, I know. Um, Does she have another book coming maybe. out this month? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Uh, another book from DC, though, is Danger Street Number One. Uh, this is written by Tom King, one of my boys. As I, I was told, I have a, I have a boys. Hey, you got, you got your boys. I, I follow. Everybody has their boys. Comic book person. Yeah. Uh, Jorge Fornes uh, on art. And this is going to follow Starman, Metamorpho, and Warlord as they try to prove themselves to uh, the Justice League to become members. Uh, but it seems like a lot of chaos is going to follow them through this. Uh, supporting characters, you're going to have Manhunter, Lady Cop, who I don't know is who that is, the Green Team, and the Creeper uh, in this book. 
Um, they say it's a multi-character, multi-layered crime drama starring some of DC's most obscure creations. Which, um, which the obscure ones? I don't know. I, I hope I it's think not it's, Jack Knight. It's not Jack Knight. I think it's the space one. Oh. Yeah, I think it's the the one that's more the space. Where space his, his 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 uh, like whole hood is a in face mask. This is a black with this just the stars. No, it's the one that I looks like a it, bullet. I don't know. Oh, is he the blue one? The the one that's from outer space that's an alien and he's blue. <clears throat> yeah, it's. Uh, I can't that one. I can't tell. From I don't photo. know. I can't tell either. Uh, so no, I'm just. I, I don't know. I'm going to read that first issue. Tom King books. I either love them or I appreciate them. So maybe this is a book I will love or appreciate. And what about this next beer? Do you love or appreciate this one? This beer is nothing. Yeah. Next up, uh, from the 12 Beers of Christmas from Clown Shoes, we have their Lucha Cerveza, and this is a original lager. Um, it has a luchador on the can art. I think this is kind of like the most sparse of the can arts they have, because everything else is usually in like their typical kind of house style. This looks like a poster you would see on <clears throat> the wall uh, of a small Mexican town. 5.8% ABV. They say brilliantly bright and slightly sweet. Yeah. It's, it is a lager. It's crisp. You get that maltiness, which is where that sweet comes from. It's not a bad lager. I think on a super hot, hot day, mm-hmm. you would drink this and go, oh, man, this is great, like, refreshing. There's better versions of this out in a base, there. Like, in a, <clears throat> oh, so I, I don't drink a lot of like Mexican style 100%. lagers, but I'm not getting what I normally get <clears throat> from one of those out of this. Um, I don't even remember what episode it was, but I remember saying somewhere, I just don't like that style of beer. I don't even like the craft beer versions of that. Uh, this one's fine, <laughs> but it's also because it doesn't smack of that Mexican lager flavor. I don't know. It, it is just a lager, I think. And they decided to like brand it a little bit different to yeah. make it kind of more fun. Paul, have you had a chance to that. check this one out yet? Yeah, I, I've taken a few sips and I do think, you know, maybe I'm a little thirsty, so I'm like, oh yeah, this is going down easy. This is going nice. It's more drinkable than the, the swagger was. It's still not a great beer, but... It's like hitting the spot a little bit more than the red lager was for some reason. Like, you know, I do think it does finish with a nice, crisp, slightly sweet finish, like the can says. But I am very susceptible to signage, so and marketing. So maybe it's just well that explains that. that, uh, that let, let me write down. Paul, give me five dollars. That explains the mountain of sham wows behind you in camera. There, I mean. Well, that's because they're super absorbent. Are they, though? And why we've talked you out of buying numerous... Uh, oh, guys, it's a, it's a great deal. I gotta great buy deal. these games that I'll never play. Yeah. You know what? 
I, I was actually thinking that about that as my New Year's resolution, just going through my Steam list and just playing it all alphabetically. Like right now, I'm playing Batman Origins or Batman Arkham Origins, but that's right in the bees, so I can go right back up to the top and just start. and you can skip it now. How okay? <laughs> yes, okay. Let, let, let's talk this through. Okay. How much of the game do you play? To 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 a so the, like. Completion. You're gonna play like, all n- like is this like side quests? Not, not, not like 100, but not, like story. Not completing side quests. Oh. I'm like mainlining, <coughs> mainlining the main story. But what if you just hate it? If I just hate it, then I would stop. Like I, okay. I'm not like I'm not signing up a blood pack with a demon here. No, I just like to like, me. I would say I would start. I, to me, I would start at a. I would start playing it, mm-hmm. and then if I had a feel for it or if I liked it. I would continue, or I would be like, "Nah," and then I would want to give stop. it. I would want to give it some time, like yeah, because sometimes the like I I can like kind of like oh I'm not really liking the game mechanism. It's not clicking with me, and then all of a sudden I'll get it, and then I'll move on and, and I'll play through. So I'm thinking about doing that. And, you know, we got a Twitch. I don't we, know why. we have one we because I was like, Twitch. you know what? Sometimes we want to stream games, we got one. So it's there. Yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe I'll learn how to I'll stream, and then I'll jump on every once in a while and just be like, well, Paul, this could be I'll, your... I'll talk to nobody this... because nobody will watch it. And, and, and just... I, I'd watch it. I'd watch you I'd watch you playing a game for a while, and then I'd razz you through it. <laughs> as you should. As everybody <laughs> should. Because John has seen me play games where I slowly lose my mind. Yeah. But we also were staying up for 24 hours. <laughs> well, normally I play video games after Kate goes to bed, so it's like 10 o'clock to midnight. So I still lose, lose my mind during that time. So. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. It, it, it would work. It might work. Listeners, if you, if you want to see me slowly lose my mind and play through a list of like 200 video games in alphabetical order... Uh, that I bought off the past twenty some odd years. Uh, I feel like it's got to be more than two hundred. I will load up Steam again, and I'll give you the number, much like Rotten Tomatoes. But um, yeah, we, we can uh, we could do that. Just let us know if you, well, you would watch that on Twitch. While you're doing that, Paul, let's have a dramatic reading. And now a dramatic reading of the best Archie comics ever. Number one, page ten, panel two. Hello, ladies. I'm ready for your selfies and your hair signings now. And that was a dramatic reading from the best Archie's comic ever. Number one, page ten, panel two. So, hair signings. It was supposed to be like titty signings, right? But Archie's like, no, we can't go there. So they just change it to hair sightings, right? Maybe. Maybe. All I know is I would have been like, hello, ladies. You told him he had to sing it, Hello, (laughs) ladies. And you did. And and just going, hello, ladies, didn't seem sing-songy enough. 253, by the way, is the number of games I own on Steam. Interesting, interesting. So... I do enjoy that we have talked you out of so many. And it, who knows if we even did, because you probably were like, oh, you guys are making a lot of sense. Click, 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 click. Like, oh, it's only $10 right now. I'll buy that for later. 
There are some that are like more party games that I wouldn't be able to play, like Among Us. Like I guess I could jump on like a rando thing, and I, I would only play like one sitting. Isn't that one um, also like free though? But there are so a lot of weren't really out anything for that. I think yeah, it I'm it not might sure. Have been a little bit free, like Fall Guys, same thing. Like oh, but I would have to get through fear. All of the fears. Yeah, John, you played. I enjoyed the fear games. Yeah, but that might creep me out. Um, the uh, what's the what's the one with the when you're on the ship? Oh, and, the ship game. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And it's a horror thing. Okay. No, no, I no, no. It's a space dead space. In the, oh, uh, oh, dead space is dead space. I mean, it's just survival horror stuff. Like it's yeah. Those are good. I don't think it's any more. Like, uh, intense than, like, a Resident Evil. Oh, good. I don't own that on uh, Steam, so I'm good. I own that on uh, on Origins. <laughs> so, I'm good. I don't need to play Dead Space then. Um, but, yeah. Oof. There's some longer games on here, though. So, that would be tough. But that's going to head us into our main topic. And, guys, we've talked about it at the front of the show. We have the long-awaited sequel to Avatar coming out. And when I say long-awaited, I mean because James Cameron's been excited about this for the past 10 years. Nobody else has cared, but James Cameron, he's he's been eagerly awaiting this. Uh, Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Uh, you guys hear about his like uh, interview with, I forget, GQ or somebody. And he's like, no, we're going to make, as long as this makes money, we're making six and seven. Like, this is what I'm, these are the movies I'm making for the rest of my life. Which is, well, which is odd because he's a very talented director and has made mm -hmm. great movies that I want him to do more of those. Terminator 2, uh, Abyss, like, all those movies are fantastic. I think everything he... He does though is, or everything he did, I guess I should say, was him working on getting where he wants to be now, and this is the the world or the universe that he wants to tell stories. In. Like this is where he's happiest, and I think that's okay. I mean, you can't fault like a comic book creator for being like, "Hey, I created this character. Oh, I'm just going to be writing this for the rest of my life." Like, yeah, they might have done some other stuff that's really good, but if they're happiest doing what they're working on, what's wrong with that? It's like the creator uh, also, of John Usagi Yojimbo, he's been writing it for 30 years. It's a constant ongoing series, which is fantastic. And John wants John, you, you said you wanted more Terminator and Abyss. No. Guess what you're getting in Avatar? You're getting machines that are set to kill innocents also underwater. That sounds like that you're all, getting and Terminator also, and within Abyss Within the past together. couple of years, you've had more Terminator, and they're just not They weren't they're not good. They weren't Cameron Terminator. But they... They were like executive produced. Like he was heavily involved in like the. He gets last a producer because he created. I think he was like on set for some of that stuff, but I it's just. I think he just we'll, gets we'll look a into creator it. credit. credit. We'll look onto it after the show, but this this is what he wants to do, and we're recording this before the movie's actually out. And yesterday, actually, some of the first reviews have started to break, mm -hmm. and I didn't read any of them because, again, I don't care i'll i'll see this eventually not going to be opening weekend but the reviews of it are very much like 
the reviews of the first one was like visually stunning, like holy cow, like special effects masterpiece. But no mention of any any plot. No story, no characters. And when I think back to the first time that I saw Avatar, my thoughts on the plot were like, okay, it's the same thing as everyone else. It's Fern Gully. Okay, it's Pocahontas. Okay, it's Dances with Wolves. It's a story that's been told before, but he is telling it in a different way, and that was the hook for it. And he basically created the 3D movie for today's audience. Like, that's what started the 3D movie again. Like, Mm -hmm. technology had gotten to that point, and after Avatar hit big, everyone else was like, we gotta put movies out in 3D now. We gotta put them out. And that's when you were getting, like, Piranha 3D, and Uh, just everything else being like, hmm. That is Piranha 3 Double D? Is the name of that movie? I'm sorry, sorry, Paul. I did not mean to disrespect your <laughs> favorite movie. I, so listeners Jerry can't Conley. see this, and Paul is very mad right now, and he's gesturing over his shoulder to the Piranha <laughs> 3 Double D poster behind him that is signed by all, like, the cast. I mean... And he's also now... I, he's now pointing to his award of, uh... Uh, the, the Academy of, uh, Big... <laughs> big Titties and Ass. Because he loves them! Wait, uh, what? The, the award of big the award, and I don't know. Because yeah. I, I have the one, best. That one got away from John. We won't <laughs> dwell on it. It happens. I, 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 um, I don't know. Like, like, he's everything that James Cameron has been doing over the years has kind of led him to this point. And for how much he wanted to do Avatar before, the technology wasn't there. But it's there now, and I can't blame him for wanting wanting more of this because it's you know it's what makes yeah. him happy and they're not well i can't say they're not bad movies because i've only seen the first one but it's not bad movie i i, I liked it because i i bought it from target or walmart for four dollars so i could finally see it and it's something i have gone back and watched maybe like two more times i'm not breaking down the door of the theater to see it that ride the rides, like the whole the ride's great. world of Pandora at Animal Kingdom, is amazing. Never did like, the never did the riverboat, but that ride. <laughs> the riverboat's fine for what it is, but that whole land is awesome, and almost kind of like proof of concept that they could do something like Star Wars, like attention to detail <laughs> themed immersive land, and that's the whole reason why I finally saw Avatar because I was like, all right. I love Disney. I have to know what this movie is for this land that's opening up in a year. Should probably check it out. It was fine. I get why they did it in Animal Kingdom. It fits that that story for the park. But wouldn't you rather have the like Mystic Beasts or whatever Beastly Kingdom instead? I would With have Disney themed crazy animals. Synergistically Peace now they've they dragon. moved they moved past that. Um and that's fine. Like, you know, who knows if at this point we wouldn't be in the same spot with Beastly Kingdom that we would have been at with what what was uh, like Camping Mini Mickey. Like, yeah, be but, over it, dumb, but, it's over. But Joe Rudy designed. I could yeah. at meet but they, Cusco as a llama. Come on, I could walk the llama. Yeah, but, but they you're also the only person did, that loves... 
Emperor's no, no, New Groove. Love Emperor's that, New Groove. Emperor's New Groove is a sleeper hit. That movie has earned its fans over the years. I, I watched it one time when Paul made me watch it. And I was like, I thought we were going to watch Tits and Ass. Like, what's this movie? <laughs> what? Well, well, I got no response. You broke <laughs> Congratulations. So this week we're tying into the release of Avatar 2 Way of Water by talking about some of our favorite pop culture aliens. Uh, There's no no thread to pull on for this one. We can start off wherever we want to if we want to talk about movies, TV shows, comics, video games, wherever you guys want to go. Talking about some of your favorite aliens or your favorite alien species. Uh, I just know nobody's going to be picking Jake Sully from Avatar, so... That's fine. This is just something, a light, tenuous tie to a current event, just so we can talk about something. I you get those sweet, sweet Avatar this. hits, guys. Yeah. I, I had a hard time with this, because so many times, <clears throat> aliens in like sci-fi movies are just like a stand-in for <clears throat> the natives for colonization, as we see in Avatar, or weird sexual fantasies. <laughs> Like we, and that's why he's picking something from Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect and also <laughs> but, Star Trek. Okay, so Paul, you like, say that, but think about after we finished recording episode 503 last week, mm-hmm. you and I sat on Skype for like 45 minutes afterwards talking about Star Trek and what yeah. we liked about the different like iterations and generations and like what we liked about some of those characters and those aliens. Like that's that's kind of yeah. just where this is going from. But also with Star Trek, a lot of times it's like definitely stand-ins for uh real world you know uh real world things like klingons were obviously the russians during you know during the original trilogy you know during the original uh series and then he had the kardashians and majorans which was israeli and palestine like it was it's it, it's a loose it's a very it's, thin line separating the real world and the science fiction aliens. So I had a hard time with uh, with picking my favorites here. Did you guys have a hard time with this? Am I the only one? Or am I? Is this... Yeah. Oh, I'm the only one? Yeah. I, I think... Oh, I wait. <laughs> wait, John said think... yeah, and I'm not sure what he said yeah to. Yeah, yeah. that was easy. Cool. <laughs> Well, I think I think you're getting into your own head over something because you could have easily just said like, uh, "I really liked uh, Hulk Hogan as the alien bounty hunter from Bionic Commando." Hmm. Like, it, it doesn't have to be anything too major. I've never played Bionic Commando. Was that you really? Pl- a you don't play it. It's a movie, Paul. Wait, wait, Bionic Commando with the extender extender arm. Yeah, uh, the it was a different name for it was. It wasn't. It was an urban commando. What was? Was it urban? I don't remember. Hulk Hogan. He he lands. He's an alien. Who does he live with? Is it uh, Rick Moranis? Is it Rick Moranis? I think it's. Rick I don't Moranis. think it's I Rick Moranis. This this isn't one of my picks, so I don't have the information to back it up. All right. So, so I'm going to go with my most obscure alien. Uh, maybe it's a the Piranhas. <laughs> Piranha Three Double D. Close. It was called Suburban Commando, and it came out in 1991. So Bionic Commando is definitely a video Christopher, game series. The dad Christopher was Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. The mom was Shelley Duvall. I remember it now because I'm looking at the poster. I'm going with the solico- solenoids 
And this is from the Masters of Orion series. These are obs- an obs- uh, Masters of Orion is a uh, 4X uh, video game. The 4X standing for Expand, Exterminate, Exploit, and Explore. Maybe not in that order. Like, you guys ever play, like, Civilization, the video game series? I played Civ 3, but I don't remember a lot of it. I just remember but trying you, you, to, like, build my civilization and being like, hey, they just discovered fire, and it's the year 2099. And I was like, ugh, I'm not doing great at this. <laughs> so imagine that, but in space. And you can play, uh, in the Masters of Orion, you can play a bunch of different alien civilizations. I always like the silicoids, or silenoids, because they are a sentient rock, uh, sentient rock creatures, and they can eat minerals, so you didn't actually need to create food or do any kind of farming, and they just, like, would tear shit up. It was like playing the thing, if the thing was also a space-traveling creature. Uh, The Message of the Ride series... I think the latest video game came out in like in 2016. Uh, the one that I played first was Masters Orion 2, which came out in 1996. Uh, but yeah, it's a 4X game. It's like Civilization, but it's set in space. Um, it's awesome because you know you got to develop your own spaceships and like you build them in the way you wanted to build them, and then have space battles, you know, turn based over the head, you know tactical kind of RPG kind of thing. I thought it was really fun. This is my number three because I know I had a hard time with this one. <laughs> and and maybe other people understand uh, Masters of Ryan and how great of a game it was. It was great. It was fun. Nobody. Okay. I've, Anybody else? I've, ne- I've, never- I've never even heard of this game before. <laughs> Me either. Uh, do I? I can just do my list, right? I don't have to pick a video no, game, just, right? I can just your your favorites from yeah, yeah. across pop culture. Oh, like basically all mine are video games because I was like racking my brain, like I don't know any what video games got aliens in it. Um, <clears throat> so most most of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, uh, I'm going to say uh, I really enjoyed the um, Princess of Mars, the John Carter of Mars book series. Um, probably one of the few book series that I read a good amount of that were kind of like that old school fantasy sci-fi. Um, Paul? Pulp, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, the the all the different races in those book series, I just really really enjoyed. And the covers helped paint a picture of what the aliens uh, were supposed to look like in the book. And um, the different races that were in there, I just really I really enjoyed. And again, it was different tribes. And yes, Paul, you're right. It it's. Mm-hmm. They're stand-ins for different things, but that's sci-fi. Like mm-hmm. those things are supposed yeah. to be pointing a lens at certain things. Um, but yeah, like those alien races were were a lot of 
fun and felt very unique to me as a teenager reading those book series. And I, the movie's not great. It's missing the spark that the books have, but it's close enough to the books, especially visually, that I still enjoyed it. But it's nowhere near what the books should have been. And John Favreau for years wanted to make that book series and was very upset where he when he didn't get the chance to make that movie. Um Uh that move like I saw that movie after Disney Plus launched because I had no I again born Disney fan loved it but that was a movie when it came out I didn't see because I had no connection to the material but after Disney Plus and I could just sit down and watch it I actually liked the movie like it wasn't great but it wasn't terrible like I can understand why it didn't launch a franchise but I don't understand why it just didn't do anything because I think it was like so, like fun summer popcorn movie. I mean, I felt the same way about that as I did the uh, the Prince of Persia movie. Yeah, which I actually, really, and that one like I really like. Like they're not bad. It's just like it's something to to watch. You know, I, something to be entertaining without being more. Uh, I think was Prince of Persia Disney yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big thing is Tyler Hirsch or Stish or whatever. Hirsch, yeah. For some... Played played Gambit in that Wolverine. For some reason, they kept putting this guy who, no offense to him, is not a great actor and who doesn't command the screen or have the right charisma... Because he's not a Jake Gyllenhaal, is what you're saying, which is why they remedied that problem with Prince of Persia. But that movie needs somebody who's more likable than that actor. Somebody who has some charm, who could deliver those lines and be in that movie and make it work. And that guy just doesn't have it. And if you think about everything that he's been put in to star in, they are unsuccessful. And it's a lot of it because of him. He just can't command the screen. It, it, Wasn't he in Friday Night Lights? That's, Isn't that's where life? he was the big breakout thing. But he's doing a high school drama. So, of course, you think he can act. But he just couldn't and he he might be he might have been likable for whatever that character was i never watched the show or whatever yeah that's why i haven't seen prince uh, or uh john carpenter of mars because i'm like i need to watch some of friday night lights so i can understand what, what the hype is it's not a connected universe just because it has the same actor in it doesn't mean it's one story yeah but if i'm going to play mass effect 3 again i gotta play it from mass effect <laughs> 1 uh but what's what's really crazy, and I, I'm sorry, John, I don't have a lot to add to this besides what I've seen from the John Carter Mars movie. Is like that was done by Andrew Stanton, who's like known from his Pixar work because he was like the director of like uh, Finding Nemo. Like he's an animation guy, and I think the movie looked good for someone making their jump from 
animation to live action. Uh, but it wasn't as good as Ghost Protocol. Well, I mean, Brad Bird, who also did Iron Giant, which, Paul, mm-hmm. I'm surprised... Animation. Animation, but I'm surprised you didn't have Iron Giant as one of your favorite. He's a robot. Okay. Not really an alien. That's okay. He's from outer space. You could He's you could play with space. it, Paul, and I wouldn't... Okay. Paul, this is where you could Paul it, and I wouldn't mind. Mm. Um, but before the... Like, seeing John Carter, the only thing I knew about, like, the... The whatever the Mars books, whatever bros would call them. Uh, the only thing I knew about that was Deja Thoris. And not a week goes by when I don't look at comic book solicitations and see like a Deja Thoris book coming out because it's like, oh, hey, you can put Fantasy Girl in like metal bikini on the cover and it's gonna sell. Prana 3D. D. I I don't know if that's a bit that Paul's doing or if the movie was actually called that. But I also don't want to look it up and have that on my search history. So I just know the episode's probably going to be called Piranha 3 Double D. <laughs> Chris, what alien or alien species are from from pop culture? Do you, you, do you, do you like? Do you want... You wish hit maybe hit mainstream culture a little bit harder. Uh, well, Paul, I'm glad you asked me because my favorite alien was my first alien. Uh, growing up, I was a huge fan. Mark and Mindy. Of the f- no, pretty good family sitcom. Alf. Oh, um, thought you can see my favorite Martian. I remember very little about my childhood bedroom growing up, but I do remember I had two, yes, two Alf posters on my wall. Um, I, the name Gordon Shumway is going to be forever burned into my head. Uh, the name Willie Tanner also will forever be burned into my brain. And that's okay, and I'm glad we finally got some conclusion to the ALF series, like, decades later in the direct-to-ABC, like, Friday night movie Project ALF that continued on ALF's story, uh, living in a military base where he wants to escape. Uh, But he eventually does, so he can be on Hollywood Squares. He was on Hollywood Squares. like, ALF was, like, my first sci-fi, I think. Like, it might not have been. Um, I've said this before on the show. I'll state it again. I remember seeing Spaceballs before seeing Star Wars. I- I'm sure I probably saw Star Wars first, but, like, I remember seeing Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if the connection was made that it was, like, a parody but I remember Star Wars after that. Um, but again, I grew up with Alf. I had Alf posters on my wall. I had a, at that time, gigantic plush Alf that was probably like half my height. I remember uh, begging my family to go to Burger King because during that summer they had the Alf plush that you could get where Alf was wearing different costumes each time. Um, I had Surfer Elf. They each came with a record. It wasn't an actual record. It was like 
a piece of plastic that looked like a fruit by the foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like a parody song. The one that I had was, I wish they could all be Mel Mackey and girls as a, a play on the beach boys. But for me, like elf was like my first alien. I had an elf, uh, lunchbox. I remember that. I remember elf was, it was crazy. Like, Elf Mania. It was huge. It had the cartoon. I, I am very afraid to ask this question, Chris. But, yes. Um, do you think there's a reason why you have so many cats? <laughs> I mean, we is get it, we get down to a... it. I am I am prepared to eat well. <laughs> I would, I'm afraid. I was afraid to ask, but I'm glad you're that you just are so open and honest about it. <laughs> I mean, I never, I never would, but should I need to? I wouldn't, but I guess I could. Alf, uh, that's the one thing I know about Alf. It, well, there's two things I know about Alf. Alf isn't his real name. It just stands. It's an acronym for alien, alien life, life form. form. Yeah, his real name's and, Gordon Shumway. And, Amazing and, name. Fantastic. I, I didn't know his, that was his real name. I missed that reference when he said it the first time. Uh, and two, he liked to eat cats. Um, my one of my favorite facts about the show is it was actually hell for them to perform because it was like 50-50 half the time Alf was a puppet and the other half the time it was actually a performer in the costume but that also required them to make massive changes when they were filming on set for which Alf that they were working with and apparently all of the actors hated it because they would have to be either standing like up high talking down to someone or they would be on level with like puppet elf mm-hmm. and it was just like a back and forth between different elves and it was just hell on them at that point um, but yeah elf boys elf. He, he, elf's my boy alright toast to elf and we're toasting elf with uh, burnt caramel this is clown chew's American brown ale and this is brewed with any caramel or anything? No, it's uh, candy syrup. 1,200 pounds of dark candy syrup. It's candy spelled with an I, though, so I don't know if it's like a branding thing where like they work with someone, but um, when I took my first sip like a long time ago before you guys recorded another Bag and Board Barbecue Boys... Uh, I really like this one, and I'm already at the bottom of this can. I I really like this. 7% ABV, so it's a little bit bigger than the other two we've had, but still not like a yeah. big beer. Um, it's the right amount of sweetness on it. It's a brown ale. It, it dabbles with that little bit of nuttiness. Not a lot, but I don't know. I, I really like this one. Like This is... I'm going to be complete opposite of you, Chris. This okay. is a letdown with the name Burnt Caramel. Like, it is thin. Okay. It's got some kind of kind of sweetness to it, but it's not like a Burnt Caramel. Like, when you were like, ooh, ooh, I mean, this is really good. A, I was, it's, not a southern, <clears throat> it's not a southern tier crumbly. Like... Right. It's not that, but it's the right it's amount not... of light sweet that if I had like a six pack or like 
12 pack case of this in my fridge, I would drink one of these and be like, eh, I'm going to go get another one. Like drinking and be like, I can have another one. Like it's only 7%. Like I, I could crush like a case of you these can cr- for- in probably like two, three days. And I, I'd be okay with it. Like I really for seven percent, it's way too easy of a drink. I wish some of those roasty caramel notes. There were more of them on this, especially with the name like burnt caramel. Just makes you think it's going to be really roasty, caramely. Mm-hmm. I would take, and it's not one of my favorite beers, but caramel porter from Saranac over this because I think. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, oh my God, it's been forever. I feel like that delivers on the caramel more than than this does. If, if you hold this on your tongue, John, and just let it sit, and then after you, after you let it sit and then swallow, I think that's where that residual, you do get a little bit of that sweetness, that little bit of burnt caramely flavor. You have to drink this as a sipper in order to get it. I do. But see, it's a that. brown ale, so I don't treat brown ales like sippers. Like I, right? I'm already done with it, Paul. I can't do what you just instructed John to do because well, I, <clears throat> I just drank it all. But that's the only way I so can Paul, find the the, the, the best way to taste. Mouth. Put put it in your mouth. Put your tongue to your roof of your mouth mm-hmm. and swallow. Mm. That's supposed to be the the best way to to taste to taste it. Even then. Yes, it has a lot more of that caramel to it, mm-hmm. but yeah. I shouldn't have to do a special way of tasting it every time I drink it. It should deliver. And I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying it was a mm-hmm. letdown. It's a little thinner than I thought it was going to be. I thought it would have a little bit of a bigger mouthfeel. Right. And again, it's a brown ale, but I've had brown ales that, yeah, those funny that, that really kind of yeah. pack it. And... <clears throat> this is just like it's it's another okay beer. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad that I'm drinking it, but that is kind of how yeah. I feel every time we do these boxes. I'm not mad that I spent the money on them, yeah. but they don't deliver everything I want out of them. I I am upset. That in order to get this beer out of my fridge, I had to push aside the Baycorn Dragon or whatever that one is to get this one instead. But if we were drinking this as a, you know, advent calendar, one a day, and there was that, like, hey, to drink this and enjoy it, uh, you know, take a sip, press your tongue up. You know, and actually treat it as an experience, not just as like, hey, I'm sitting here talking with friends and we're drinking. If I was to experience that beer or drink this beer as an experience, I think I'd be happier with it. If I was drinking like, hey, opening up this beer, I'm going to take an hour and just enjoy this one beer. And that's it for the night. I think it's decent. I think it's it's worth that. But I ha- I, I'm saying I have to do a lot of work to meet it that way. Mm-hmm. It's leaving a lot on the you know it's leaving a lot in the field for me to do that work. But if I do that work, I think it's okay. Yeah, I think and also decent. I I think again just drinking it in a vacuum. If I have a case of this, 
I'm, it's fine. It's a good fridge filler. Um, compared to the other two we had, I liked this one more. I don't think it's my favorite of the beers that we've had up to this point. Um, I think it's it's fine, though. I think fridge filler for me, this is not a fridge filler because I have to do that work to really enjoy this beer. A fridge filler to me is something that I can just go to or if somebody shows up to my house and they're like, hey, let's just sit and chat and have a beer. Like, it's something that's easy to drink. Anybody would enjoy it. It's there to fill Which, my fridge, so that I, way I, I can think hand it this out is, and not feel I think bad. this is I that, think though. This... <clears throat> not, not to cut John off, but I think yeah. if you had this and, like, you had someone over and, like, you're just, like, cracking them, I think people would be like, oh, okay, like... I don't know. I, I, okay, I, I, I don't know. I'm thinking that I, the Saranax Caramel Porter would be a better fridge filler in the same... That would... If I was like, oh, I got a caramel beer in my fridge, and I want to for a fridge filler and try to grab it and give it to somebody, I'd much rather serve them that Saranac Caramel Porter. And I, like... Ruby Red Grapefruit from Jenny is a good fridge filler. Bush Apple is a good fridge filler. Like, those are, like, yes, they're, like, they're other flavored beers, but those are crisp and refreshing that you could sit and drink them. This is good, but I wouldn't say this is something I could sit back and knock back a couple of. And I've been drinking it trying also, to like, oh, maybe if it warms up, so I'm holding it in my can, I'm shaking it in my can, and I'm, I just everybody's tastes are different. And it's just like yeah. I mean, it just doesn't it deliver. On tap, last time I had a Saranac Porter, I put it at a, I don't know if you can see it, but I had it at a two- Ooh. Untapped. That was back in 2016. That was the last time. That's the last time I played Batman. I Arkham Origins. I had that beer, and I've had friends that have drank it, and collectively it's scored at a 3.75 percent. Um, someone I work at GameStop with put it at a four. Before that, he had it at a three. Uh, my cousin had it, put it at a four, but that was back so in what, 2014. So, what are you putting this beer at, Chris? Uh, I put this one. Oh, did I? Check into it. I don't even know if I finished. So you put the Saranac at what two point seven five? I put it at a two last time I had oh, it. Oh, just solid two. Okay, solid two. Last time I had it back in twenty sixteen. I, I could understand you putting this at like a two point five. I put it at a three point two five. This is a three. Yeah, it's again like it's okay. Yeah, I, I could drink okay. it easy. Like I liked that sweet. I'd like a little bit more of that brown ale off of it, but. For an easy drinking, just beer, you know, now that we're at the end, I'd probably put the the Lucha uh, Cerveza at the top of that list. Then the Burke Caramel, and then the uh, Swagger. See, I think I'd put the Swagger at my number one. Yeah, that's that's fine. Like, I don't know. For me, the Swagger still gets stuck on, I kept drinking it. And I liked it, but I kept drinking it, wanting it to be more than it was. And right. I, Paul, I can't, I can't put it better than you did when you had said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think burnt caramel's like the thing that John and I are both getting. We're like, we want it to be a little bit more than it is. And yeah, I, I think I feel 
more let down by the red logger, I guess. I think if it was more than it was, it would need to be a different beer completely. Like I think it would need to be more of that dessert style beer. Like it would need to be like a yeah. southern tier Blackwater. And at that point, it's not just a candy syrup brown ale. Like at that point, it would have to be like a higher ABV. It would take away from just kind of what they were like maybe trying to do with it. And I don't want to make any suppositions on their part, but I think if it was something different, it would be a different beer that probably wouldn't be in this pack. I think it would have been one of their more like specialty releases that Mm -hmm. it would be like the $16 for the four pack, like the, the other one that I had last week, the, I forget, Lionhearted or whatever it was called. I can't remember mm. now, but anyways. Well, I know <clears throat> I'm going to talk about a character that I know John will not say anything about, and I'm sorry, bud, but you got a beer, so enjoy it. I'm going to talk about Raja from the great fi- uh, Fantasy Star 4. Oh. That's right. He's a disorder. I thought when you, I thought when you said that John won't have anything to say with, I thought you meant negative and you're going to be like, Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter is pretty damn great. I think because he's uh, your favorite. I got things to say about Raja. Raja is such a crusty old gross man. He's like ninety-eight years old. And what's great about this character is you're playing a fantasy role-playing Japanese RPG, and you're just going through the motions. There's this mystic dark force that you're. <clears throat> trying to defeat and these you know these dark priests and all of a sudden you're running into androids and then all of a sudden you're blasted off onto another freaking planet it's like an ice planet <laughs> yeah and it's an ice planet uh the zor or yeah i forget the name of the planet uh but uh the the zealous is the name of the planet and you run into aliens, these green guys with big heads, and uh, this priest, Raja the Desorian, um, old goofball, making <clears throat> bad jokes, but man, is he a good healer. He, he was and, my my healer of choice as soon as you get him. like He had that spot on my, my team. You're white mage if you played uh, the fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy series, but Fantasy Star Four, such a fun uh, video game. It made me want to go back and play Fantasy Star One, which I cannot get through because those mazes are freaking impossible. Um, Fantasy Star Two, I haven't tried, even tried, and Fantasy Star Three, which actually came out before Fantasy Star Four, but wasn't supposed to. <laughs> like it was. Fantasy Star <clears throat> 2 was in development. It was such a big hit. Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star 2 was such, both of those were such a big hit. They start developing both games at the same time. Another studio was developing Fantasy Star 3. It ended up coming out beforehand. So Fantasy Star 4 is the actual real sequel to Fantasy Star 2 and 3 is like this weird offshoot. Okay. Um, yeah. I he was solid. Um, so, Paul, what was your like end game team for Fantasy Star? 
I know we've I, talked about fantasy before, mm-hmm. or sorry, fantasy started before on the show, but I always like talking about because it that's sort of, I haven't played it in probably like thirty years, maybe give or take. Uh, but that's one of my all-time favorite RPGs, especially like on the Genesis. Like, mm-hmm. well, you always had Chaz because that's yeah. who you are, basically. That's the player character. Uh, you always had uh, uh, what's her name, Rika. Uh, Rita? Rika, Rika. Yeah. Well, she yeah, had a lot of like AOE attacks. Like she could hit everybody on the board, which I really liked. Well, she she well she was the Newman, the you know Android that you had to go in and the. No, she, well, it was kind of like an Android. Yeah. Well, not. Oh, well, she. Well, I guess looking at this, she's the cat lady. She's like. Yeah. She's like, like a genetically, genetically engineered. Because yeah. person. And that you have actual like androids and robots on mm-hmm. <laughs> on your team later, which made, made me realize what I was saying. Because Ren was you always Ren, and also Demi. Um, then Ooh, you Demi. had okay. Lutz, aka uh, the, the blue Rune. guy. No, or Rune, who's a mystic. I had Rune. Yeah, yeah, but that, but then you realize his name is actually Lutz, and he's been oh, alive for years and years. I'm sorry, John. This is getting deep. Into Fantasy Star, um, but yeah, I would then go with Grits, the uh, like the owl-looking guy with the battle axe, because I always like a dwarf, and he's basically the Fantasy Star equivalent of a dwarf. Is is my guy? Even though I think he's like the person that, be, if you were like trying to do a solid playthrough of the best, like. Don't yeah, you don't him. you don't keep him on outside of like those first couple dungeons that you have mm-hmm. him available to you because he hit harder than the Han. Han's mm-hmm. oh, freaking worst. Okay, Han would probably be the worst. Then probably Grits, and then, but yeah, I, by that time, like Lutz is such a good healer, anyways, and Rita's or Rika is such a good healer that everybody can do their own healing. So I wasn't too worried. But yeah, I, I, I just love that twist in Fantasy Star, where you're playing like just this classic fantasy, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, the monsters are actually born in labs, and then it gets more and more sci-fi. And suddenly it's, you thought it was a fantasy RPG, but suddenly you're playing a freaking sci-fi RPG. You're jumping on like a com- spaceship going to different mm-hmm. planets. And it comes, yeah, that's where it goes full tilt. Like, And that's when you meet Raja... And you're on a different planet, and you're like, nope, this is a sci-fi RPG? Who knew? Who knew? I didn't know. It was the first Fantasy Star game I played was Fantasy Star 4. Yeah, me too. I really me, dug me. it. Me as well. I, good, I, good I pick. Now own all the Paul, other ones. But. Deep cut, but good pick. Thank you. It, 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 you know, it was a big game, and it apparently... Uh, like retailed for about a hundred dollars back then, which I can, oh, like ninety five bucks. Oh, like at, I don't uh, remember. I think at media play. <laughs> well, let's bring John back into huh? the show since <clears throat> he's been sitting there looking up stuff. John, I know it's outside of your uh, your uh, play habits, but if you can find Fantasy Star to like download and you want like an old school like video game, it's solid. Like it's so good. You can get it off of Steam if you buy the ticket. Oh, here's Paul talking about Steam again. <laughs> it's, it's a part of your 253. It's on the, 
Okay, so what's the rule there? Because like I have uh, like the Sega Genesis collection. Like, do I get to play just one game off of that, or do I have to play all the games within those? Play collections? all the games within the collections. Ooh. Oh, that's a I lot. Got the, like, yeah. I got the Disney like afternoon collection. I got the Atari Vault. Those Disney afternoon games, as an adult, like you could probably get through them in an hour. Like they're not as tough as you remember them. I do want Quackshot though. I I need to find Quackshot. They did a remastered Quackshot, didn't they? They did a remaster of um, <coughs> they, Duck Tales. I think at Duck the same Tales, time yeah. they did a remaster of Quackshot. Mm. I'll have to look I'm that up. I'm almost positive. John. Aliens! Uh, one of my favorite movies uh, is The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Fourth Dimension. And what aliens are in there but the Lectroids, a uh, species of hostile military group their homeworld from Planet 10, and they live in an alternate dimension. And what are their names? Well, it's John Big Booty, played by Christopher Lloyd, and uh, the great uh, John Lithgow, playing Lord John Warfin. Uh, and then um, the, the, the alien race that are trying to fight against them, uh, same same race, but they're all Jamaican. It's fun. Uh, when you mentioned this, and I started thinking about aliens, and I was like, oh, what aliens in movies do I love that are fun aliens? Not just like your xenomorph or your predator. I thought Hulk... Oh, that's, that's where I'm going <laughs> next. I'm going to that kind of alien. Uh, but um, these aliens popped in my mind because these probably were my first introduction because i've watched this movie since i was a little kid like next to the crazy star wars aliens these are the next aliens that i would think of because the other aliens i thought of was uh hulk hogan in uh suburban commando um you know mark from orc my favorite martian which weren't things that i like i watched them but i didn't like make the super connection of those things um, mm-hmm. but yeah, John Lithgow was insane and crazy. And they, they, you, when he got the, he got the static shock and then he could see the aliens. Um, it was definitely interesting and fun. And I love Buckaroo Banzai and, uh, any reason to talk about that great movie, I will take. I... You let me borrow it, and I don't think I ever watched it, or I might have tried to, and I couldn't get into it. No, you came back. We talked about it. You said you loved it. Yeah. I don't remember that. I forgot about it. (laughs) I don't remember it at all. It was one of those... I know, but here's the thing. It's one of those movies that I know you love, and... I also know that your mom knows that you love it too. So I know that it means something to you because I have talked to your mom and she has mentioned Buckaroo Box. My mom loves Buckaroo too. She loves it. Come on, the, the Hong Kong Cavaliers. It's great. Uh, but Chris, before we get into the 
your pick, right? Because you didn't do your second pick. I haven't done my second uh, But one yet. you and I both cracked open beers oh, other than the clown shoes. Did you get rid of the can? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like no, you're looking around. No, I was looking to see if Yanni was behind me because I, I don't know if she grabbed one of these or if she grabbed the other beer that we have in the fridge right now. But what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a beer from my local brewery here in Orlando, and this is Sideward Brewing, and this is their Hour of Wolves barley wine. Um, this past weekend, there was an event in the Milk District, which is where Sideward's located. Um, they're usually a part of a lot of kind of low-key, like, hipster art events where, like, the whole, like, corner that they're on shuts down and they welcome in a lot of, like, local vendors and artists to come set up shop. You can, they have stalls, they have food, they have live music. But this past weekend was their Krampus Fest. So, uh, like, the whole block was shut down and they had, like, German food available, uh, beer from Sideward, a lot of, uh, local vendors selling shirts, art, pins, prints, things like that. Uh, all around a great time, but the beers that they had on tap at the beer tent were just kind of some of their regular offerings. Like they had like lager and IPA. I think they had their porter. Um, but you could still go into the brewery and get like their regular full menu. And when we went in there, I was happy to try this, uh, Our Wolves, and it's their barley wine, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's delicious. It hits all of those notes that you would want a barley wine to have. Like, There's just like that nice, dense, rich mouthfeel. It has that kind of like tea tannin that I know Paul likes on a barley wine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at my can right now to see if it has the ABV on it. It does not, but it's it's fantastic. It's delicious. Um, yeah. John, what you got? Uh, I am drinking... Sorry, I was trying to look up your barley wine here because I remember having a barley wine or a blend of a barley wine when I went down there. So I was trying to see... Um, I think what you had might have been the Heir of Kings. Maybe. I, was, I stopped looking... Because that was like a blended... Barley wine that they had. Because <clears throat> uh, I stopped looking at that to talk about my beer because I wanted to double-check the um, details of this beer because there's nothing on the can. But after Thanksgiving, my wife, my son, we packed into our minivan and we drove to Virginia Beach uh, to visit some family. And in Virginia Beach, the one thing I asked to do was to go to the Vale Brewing uh, which is a exceptional brewery. Um, I had some very nice beers there. I had a cinnamon apple brandy imperial stout that was freaking amazing. Uh, it tasted like cinnamon toast crunch. You took the milk from cinnamon toast crunch and like mixed it in with a barrel aged stout. So good. Um, but one of the beers I brought home from there is their Thorn. Uh, this is a lager made with, made with floor malted barley, spelt, uh, 
and hopping with uh, Matuka. It's very crisp, but this is a beer that is showcasing the malts in it. Uh, very malt forward, very nice, easy drinking, crispy boy. Like, just very, very nice. Jealous. I guess they're drinking another beer. I couldn't handle another I, You know what? I, uh, but I can talk about a beer that I had during the Christmas yeah, party. Yeah, go for it. Just to fill time. And that's Mad Elf. Man, Trog's Mad Elf. Big cherry flavor. It hides at 11% so well. Like, it's it's insane that it's that high ABV. Is it 11% or am I thinking I think it is. Beer? It just hides it so well. It's deceptive. It is clean. It is got that cherry with the, the you know, um, good Christmas spices. It is a really good Christmas beer. I really enjoy Mad Elf. And uh, I'm always happy when it comes out this time of year from trucks. So if you haven't yet, listeners, go out and get yourself a six-pack of Mad Elf. You know? Um. Good. I feel like you and I have both had a love, a love hate with Mad Elf. I think sometimes we drink it and we're like, "Oh, that's just too much," and then maybe it, I mean it's going to differ year to year. Um, but I do. But Paul likes those like cherry beers, like Three Philosophers. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> Three Philosophers comes in harsh. It like comes in and lets you know it's like a high ABV. Mad Elf comes in and it's like, everything's cool, bud. Don't you, don't you worry. I, I'm, I'm just a little guy. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess up your Christmas. And then you, then you look at the bottle and like, ooh, you're 11. percent Oh no, you're casting a spell on me, you little elf. Casting a spell on me, you little elf. <laughs> I feel like you were going to say something, John, and I was trying to bite you. Down. I've. Totally uh, lost it with the weird gibberish you just said. <laughs> That's the danger of Mad Elf. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those ones that year to year I either love it or I hate it. Uh, I know we've aged it, we've had it aged, and they do the cruvee, and then they do an they, like they do the Matter yeah. Elf, like the um, where they have it where it's made with different cherries and a different honey and I think it's a little higher ABV I've had the the different versions of it and I usually appreciate it and I think I still <laughs> appreciate it but it's not the beer I actively seek out and I know there's people that wait for it every year oh I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait yeah. Um, but yeah it's it's definitely a very good beer but I don't think it's what I'm looking for in my beers nowadays. Yeah. But what are you looking for in your aliens? Chris, you started this off. You should start us on the finish. Well, I still have to do my number two, and then you guys get to oh. do your number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Um, do your two and three. When it comes or to my two and one. When it comes to my aliens, I do enjoy myself a ragtag group of them. And this is my way of kind of mentioning I don't know 
what alien he's supposed to be, or if he is an alien, or if he's human. But guys, I'm going to use this as an excuse to talk about Captain EO from over at Walt Disney World's Epcot Pavilion, over at an Imagination Pavilion. Um, Captain EO was one of those things that I had always heard about, and when I finally had my first chance to go to Epcot, when I was already an adult, I forget, I think I was like 20-something, and I went to Epcot, I spent so much time just enjoying going through World Showcase that I didn't do anything really at the front end of the park. And it wasn't until later on when I had gotten to go again that I made my first venture into the Captain EO attraction, which, let me tell you, was balls out awesome. And it had its time where it shut down. Um, But after Michael Jackson's death, they did bring it back for an exclusive, like, shortened run. Um, That's when I saw it. <laughs> George With Lucas. You, Chris. Yeah. George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, starring Michael Jackson and Angelica Houston, and just a bunch of Muppets and CG and some claymation, it looks like, characters. Uh absolutely fantastic it used to hold the record for the most expensive movie you know quote-unquote movie ever made um it was unseated by Paris of the caribbean on stranger tides uh just because of the work and the cast that they had in and it's this. only like 15 minutes long it's yeah it's like 15 minutes long but michael jackson had wanted to work with Disney for so long, and they finally kind of threw him the bone. Like, all right, we're going to do this thing, and the music in this—it's—it's it's Michael Jackson, so it's King of Pop caliber stuff. And you can still find these songs on some of like the Michael Jackson's greatest hits things. I think you can listen to them on Spotify or Apple Music, your music uh, streaming platform of choice. But like. The We Are Here to Change the World song that ends it when he's shooting rainbows at aliens and then they're turning into like 80s dancers and like headbands. Ooh, I, amazing. Uh, you could probably watch this whole thing on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, I lament the loss of this attraction, not just the first time, but also the second time because it was replaced by the Disney Pixar Short Film Festival which just plays like five short films that you can now watch on Disney plus for free. If you're subscribing to it, it's a waste of a theater that held Captain Neo and it used to hold a honey. I shrunk the audience attraction. Um, It's just sad that this is gone and we have something that's just like a stopgap for now, but with how Disney works, it's a stopgap until they decide they're just going to bulldoze that attraction and put something else in there. Uh, but Captain EO is amazing. And it's just jumping into this universe where it's Captain EO and his ragtag group of aliens. That's a band go to save this planet through the power of music. And if it sounds cheesy, it's because it is. 
It was the 80s, and man, I absolutely love me some Captain EO. So yes, my pick is all the aliens in Captain EO. Uh, I saw that in 1987 or 1988, uh, whatever year I turned six. Because uh, we went down to Disney, and we went to Disneyland and Epcot, and I remember watching that movie and being just like, whoa, blew my mind. Uh, I got a the elephant creature Hooter. Hooter! Uh, I got him as a stuffed animal that I had for years. My sister got the little fairy-winged... Um, Cat guy uh, cat with the guy. long tail. Um, and when we went back, I think it was the first year Kate, me and Caitlin came down. I think Paul was Paul was with us. The, like one of the first attractions that I wanted to go is because they brought it back for a limited time. Was like, I need to I need to see this again as an adult because it's been thirty years or almost thirty years at that point. Yeah, remembering back, it's like remembering a yeah. fever dream. It's it's, it's it's the same. Watching it is like a fever. It's dream. the same thing now. Like when Chris started, when Chris mentioned this, I was like, oh, and I'm having all these flashes of all the craziness that happens in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it is, it's just like he, Michael Jackson, did those long, like music video movie things. He's got that weird one with Joe Pesci and the. Uh, like the little kids and he becomes a big robot in it. Um, and even like the, th- also, a, also a Sega Genesis game. Moon, yeah. The, 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 that's Moonwalker, based off yeah. of the weird video yeah. that he did. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's just like, one of those just like, so bizarre, crazy things. Um, I did just send you guys two pictures. One of them is only of the sign, and the second one is of the entrance hallway that you would walk into where you get your glasses. Because um, I was lucky enough to be there on the last day of performance for Captain EO. And it was one of those things, like, when I went in there and I was like, oh, it's the last day of Captain EO. And I walked in and I'm like, oh, that's why this is the last day of Captain Neo. Nobody else cares or is coming into this now. (laughs) But yeah, Captain Neo, love you, bud. We are here to change the world. And change the world. Who wants to go next? Uh, Chris, why don't you finish it up? I know you just went, but this is your baby. (coughs) I was going to use this. Uh, Captain EO directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Screen produced by George Lucas. Screenplay written by him. Amazing. Um, To go from the fun of Captain EO to just an all out fascist uh, regime seems, seems like stark contrast. But, guys. I'm making the jump over to Starship Troopers because my aliens are just going to be the random bugs that everybody has to kill in Starship Troopers. Not a great movie, but man, it's a lot of fun. Talking about early CGI, the Saturday morning cartoons. Starship Troopers had a CGI Saturday morning cartoon. Did it really? Because we love some fascism. 
Uh, yep. Captain EO is on YouTube. You can watch it on there. They have... Yeah, I I will be watching it at, right as soon as a- we wrap HD up. HD and 4K. Ooh. But, yes, our ship troopers, it's uh, supporting a gl- uh, universal fascism, so... Oh, hey! I'm looking. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look for this cartoon. You like you like Starship Trooper? I'm surprised you're picking this. These bugs versus the Zerg from Starcraft. Um, Starcraft I played and I enjoyed. I downloaded Starcraft Two because it was free from Mm -hmm. Blizzard, but Mm -hmm. I never I never made it past the tutorial because even just playing the tutorial is like, oh yeah, that's. That's right. That's what it's like to play, uh, like a Are RTS. You not an RTS person. I'm not. Um, Warcraft, no Warcraft, no Command and Conquer, no Doom 2000, no, no Planet Annihilation. No, no. no uh, I'm the whole time Paul's been listening Age games. I've Empires. been shaking my head because I played Warcraft and Starcraft when they came out. Like I, I played Warcraft, Warcraft two, and Warcraft three just because. I I liked those games at that time, but you probably could not make me play an RTS now. Like even when um, Tim Schafer, what if somebody gives themselves a challenge to play through the Paul, entire Paul, I'm not that person. I'm not making that challenge. I'm not going to. I have nothing against it. It's just not my style of game now. Um, mm-hmm. A couple, well, it was probably months ago now. We talked about the Tim Schafer Brutal Legend game. Brutal Legend, yeah. Um, That's more tower defense. Than it, it's tower defense, RTS. but it's still kind of like RTS y. Yeah. Uh, Battle for Middle Earth. I wanted to play that game because it was a Lord of the Rings game, and I was like, yeah, let me get in on this. But in RTS, just didn't work with Xbox 360 controls. Like, it just felt clunky and mm-hmm. awkward. And then, again, like going back to. Starcraft 2, and I think... Did I try to play the Warcraft 3 Reforged? I think I might have. It's just not my style of... How does Paul keep pulling us into this? Because your pick (laughs) was Starship Starship Troopers. Troopers. All of a sudden, I'm like, why am I over listening (laughs) to bullshit computer talk? I'm like, oh... Paul dragged him into this, and Chris just goes with the flow. I'm just because you know we just we're friends and we talk about stuff. Um, yeah, I used I. It's like I used that bionic arm. Like I'm so, so some sort of bionic so Paul, commando. You, your next pick's the Zerg. Is that what you're getting? At? I don't know. I'm just, thinking, I'm not an RTS. I was thinking fan. the Protoss actually, oh, but uh, well, the Protoss were a lot cooler. Yeah, but I always play Terran. Yeah. Um, because I like the nukes. No, RTS, just not my style of game now. But, yeah, you know, mid-90s, it, it was fun because at that point, I feel like it was either that or point-and-click adventure mystery games. So Or bad first-person shooters. I mean, bad first-person shooters at the time were still decent. Like your Wolfenstein's, Doom, Hexen, Hexen. Rise yeah. of the Triad, like... I would probably toy with those today. I wouldn't say I would play them, but, you know, if you let me download it for free, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I remember liking this, and I would just be like, okay, I'm done. But yeah, Starship Troopers. 
it's super schlocky and it's not a great movie because I think the message of it gets lost in just like the weird, gross fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's what's mine. My pick. And honestly, when was the last time you saw Dina Meyer or Jake Busey in something and you're like, yeah, I like that movie. <laughs> Paul, you're number three. Oh, my number three. It's going to be, you know, Star Wars. Star Wars has a lot of There's great aliens. There's so many great aliens. I was about to open a bag of chips and be like, oh, crumple, crumple. Paul's picked another video game. He just sucked Chris in. All right. All right, Star (laughs) Wars. But what you don't know, John, is Paul's bringing up Star Wars so he can talk about some race that was in Star Wars Galaxies when he was playing it. Because it's like, oh, you can play as a Durin. I had a Durin character when I had a macro set up to to farm Kyra crystals. And sell them to the four people that wanted to be Jedi playing that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm picking from them the uh, Celestin, Celestins. Ooh, 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 yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the, yeah, Nine uh, race. Because I, I met Nine Nub. Well, that's that's I, when I worked. Awesome. So, not not to completely overtake your your pick. That's um, no, fine. But I'm when I it to yours. when I you did, I have I have no shame now. Uh, but when I worked for Disney and I worked at the Star Wars Celebration here in Orlando, I actually met the uh, the puppeteer who played Nine Numb, mm. and it was fun because I was the Disney cast member that was like the Star Wars nerd. So when he was there shopping at the the Celebration store, my manager actually brought him over to me. It was like, uh, yeah, t- t- tell him who you played. And he was like, oh, it was Nine Numb. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, no way. Like, it was one of those things where, like, he's not even, like, that deep dive of a character, but it was one of those things no, where it's like... There. he's He's got plenty of screen time in uh, The Return of the yeah. Jedi. Uh, he's, he's awesome. If you go to Galaxy's Edge now in either Disneyland or Walt Disney World, the Galaxy's Edge sections of the park, like... Nineum's there, like he's one of the co-pilots on your ship that gets uh, overtaken by the uh, First Order. Uh, the reason why I pick him as my favorite, or the the race is my favorite from Star Wars, is because when I played, that's right, X-wing. Okay, get your bag of chips ready, John, uh, for the PC. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are those oh, they're pretzels, pretzels, baby. Not a sponsor, but goddamn, like, I love them. I would go through and like just put in random names and like until I got something other than a human. And the first one I got was a Celestian, and I think they're the cool. You know, they got that cool, like man, like weird face, like double lip. Oh, double pretzel boys going on. Oh, double pretzel boys! Uh, so awesome pilots, cool with their manufacturing, tech, scientific, and technological advancements. Uh, we really don't know much about them in actual now canon because most of the stuff is all set up in like legends. But yeah, there it was between them and the uh, race from uh, Plo Koon, who's. Just awesome. Oh, Plo Koon's so dope. Well, because 
It's like one of those races that we finally see in sci-fi that actually has to be like, oh shit, oxygen's bad for us. <laughs> like, so they have to wear a mask. Versus uh, everybody else's, which is like, no, we're basically human, except we look funny. But yeah. No, Star Wars is such a wealth of weird aliens. And the fact that so many of those aliens just make one, like, canon appearance in a movie or TV show somewhere, I love. And I also love the fact that each one of those characters is probably somebody's favorite character because of some short story in, like, Tales of the Bounty Hunters or Tales from Mos Eisley Cantina. And the, most of the time, they didn't even actually have a race name. They were, like, the Thorians were called Hammerheads, yeah. like, when the toy line first came out. And then it took until the RPG, like, from West End to actually, like, give them a name. Like, and that them working with Lucasfilm like even or whoever, you know, decide on a name for them afterwards. And so many of them, like, even the... In uh, M- no, not Empire. I'm sorry. Uh, a New Hope in the Cantina scene. There's the Devarian, the guy that just looks like the devil because he's got the two horns. Mm-hmm. Cut out of the special edition and previous releases since then. Who's that dude? I want to know more. He's gone though. And then they bring him back for uh, Mandalorian. The one guy is uh, one of those creatures. Uh, the little like. <clears throat> Bat chipmunk guy that's like not even like mm-hmm. eyes at the bar that's like eh eh like reaching up for the mm-hmm. drink. I don't know more about that guy. Or just just the wolf awesome. man that's there. <laughs> He's just yeah, just a wolf man. <clears throat> fun yeah. fun picks. Uh Celestins, yeah. Yes, Celestins. John. I got a last last favorite. favorite. Uh, It's an alien from another novel series. Uh, Not only does this this alien decide to save the last human on Earth, he's also cousins with the president of the motherfucking galaxy. Uh, Yeah, we're talking Ford Prefect from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Just weird and cool. Uh... Zaphod Beetlebrox, also up there is one of my favorites. Just strange alien creatures, as well as just all the alien creatures in those book series, uh, which is another book series that I just love. Uh, what is like the opening line of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is like... Uh, no, it's like God. God created the universe... And everybody thought that was a bad move. Like it's just something like something like that. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's been like twenty years since I read that book. I think. Oh, John! John threw his his shoulder around uh, his Neil chair. Adams. He's going to the. Yep, he's going to reach out for the. We believe so he has Neil the book. Adams I'm, and Terry Pratchett for some reason both feel of the same ilk. One was fantasy. One was sci-fi. Yeah. With uh, the Flat Earth series, or what is it? Discworld. Discworld, yeah. not Flat Earth. Flat, and, flat Earth, we're still fighting against. Yeah. Also, science fiction, everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't take political stances, but that's what I'm willing to like, say. Just watch a sunset. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, John, do you, can, you want no, to do a dramatic I, I don't have. 
Uh, it's one of the books. I don't know where my... Restaurant at the Edge of the Universe. I have that there. Yeah. And I have Life, the Universe, and everything. I I think the other books are in the... Uh, box, a box somewhere. But it's got just one of those fun things. I love the book series. I love crazy surreal. I love how bizarrely thought out these characters and aliens are in these. I love that Ford Prefect mm-hmm. has the name Ford Prefect and how he picked it. Uh, I love that the one person on Earth he saves is this whiny Englishman who is then actually the one of the most important pe- people in the in the universe. Uh, and you still just don't like him, but you like Ford. You love Zaphod Breedlebrox. Uh, just, yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, I, I love the Douglas Adams series. It's fun. Uh, I, I said Produ- Neil Adams, Producer so. Scott loves him as well. Like That's why his favorite number is 42. Uh, yep. Anytime somebody asks me, and I, it's countless times, can I ask you a question? I go, is the answer 42? And they look at me like, no, no. What's the name of that beer that I like? Oh, yeah. It's just... Is there a beer called 42? Because so, combine both of those 40... things. And it is it made by Regal Eagle uh, or Regal Lager? Regal Eagle is the smokehouse at the America Bill- yeah. Pavilion in Epcot. So I hope so. So 42 North started doing a line of like hitchhiker to the guide themed beers which Mm -hmm. are awful the titles don't make sense the logo like all the stuff that they everything they did with it was and is wrong and it's upsetting to me that they do it let's let's go through and we'll see how far we can get johnny start name of beer a beer name uh, by uh, you know in that in that elk make just make one up like a real a real beer or a yeah. fake one no just make one make one, make one. Uh, Arthur's red robe English tea breakfast out mm. Chris yeah, okay John went further <laughs> than I thought because I was just thinking of a line and I was yeah. gonna say thanks for all the fish. Like it could just be like anything. Ooh, a sour. Oh, Maybe. made with that made with Swedish fish. Sour. Sure, with Swedish fish. A sweet salt. It's a. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I would buy that. A don't panic session mm. ale. Mm. Session IPA. Don't panic. John, it's back to you. Uh, um, Can we keep it going? Oh, what's the uh, pan's uh, pan galactic gargle blaster? Oh, that, I think that's already a beer probably, from someone. Probably somebody <laughs> stole it. Pan Galactic yeah. Gargle Blaster? That's, that's beer. the drink that uh, Zaphod is known for making. Uh, that's a beer already. Yeah. Uh, a uh, depre- depre- depressed uh, robot. Say, oh, that's, that's a good one. Um, the always bring your towel English <laughs> bitters. Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Oh, wait. Oh. They might Damn. be it. Mozilla froze up on me. Paul? Uh, digital watch. Digital watch. And I I think that is going to be Ooh. a scotch ale. Oh, Shorts did the Pan Galactic Garble. 
Gargoyle Blaster. It was a double Belgian mm, IPA. Ooh, double Belgian IPA. Uh, brewed exclusively with Galaxy mm. Hops. Uh, let's see. I, I don't. I'm trying to make too big of a deep dive. Um, yeah, no, I know. I just, if no, it's just. Oh. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's already probably already named, but like home, home wrecker. Because they, because they bulldoze his home, they also blow up his planet. Oh. Um, back to me. Yeah. Uh, Zephod Beetlebrox. Beetlebrox. <laughs> it it would be like a a honey a honey wine like a mead. Beetlebrox. Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri. What? What is the the petition? Is it a petition that he needed to sign? So he's house doesn't yeah, something close? like that. So I, I'm losing it. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything else. So uh, petition, and it's going to be uh, since it's a petition and signing, but Galaxy Hop Double IPA. You're just saying that because Yeah, because I'm out. I lost. I lost and I was trying to pull something up. But good job, guys. That was a fun it game. It was fun. I didn't expect it. And I'm glad we ended it there because, like I said, I have nothing else. Again, I haven't read the book in like 20 years. I haven't seen the movie in mm-hmm. like 12 whenever it came, came out. No, it's longer uh, than 12. Because they came out, I was still yeah. living at home the, when they came out. Like, wh- well, living at my parents' house, I should say. I, this has been my home for over the years. um when I oh the movie has Zoe yeah. Deschanel in it. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell too is Zaphod. Yeah, he's he's Beale. Uh, um, two thousand five. So I had the PBS cassette tape. Of the the PBS version of of the of the book, mm. I had I think three, maybe three different versions of the original book and two different copies of all the other ones. Like I have the single the single books, and then I have one collected edition of all the books. But mm. in two thousand, oh, the Hearts of Gold oh. Nail. Now that I'm on the Wikipedia, guys, I got all. But Chris, of the do you books. have? Uh, do you have? Uh, in 2005, that movie, what day did it come out on? April, 2nd, April 29th. 20th. My birthday. So I always oh. had an extra. Oh. Nine days yes. after Towel Day. It's in 420. No, it, Does that mean we saw that movie on your birthday? Because I feel like that's a thing yes, we probably would we have done. This, wow, that was when I saw that movie. Uh, Holy crap. Towel Happy Day birthday. changes every year, Paul. Oh. Thursday, May twenty fifth for twenty twenty three. Why does you add the you add the the date the dates up? I think I believe that's how they do it. Anywho, what are your favorite aliens? Find us, like us, tell us, blah blah blah. We do the same routine every episode, Uh, but yeah, let us know what your favorite aliens are. It'd be fun. 
let us know because obviously we pick some weird, obscure stuff. Paul's and that's guys, guys. I always feel the need to defend these weird episode things, but it's because we can talk about shit that we wouldn't normally uh, I, talk I about. I have to say, every time I see like, I one of us will go. When can we record this week? And then I go, I go and look and double check what it is. And when I see it, something that Chris has thrown in there, I'm always like, okay, like, what do I, what do we need to know, Chris? And you're like, you don't need to know anything. And it's like, Thank oh, you. okay. But it, it is so much better than there was a time where we were not recording regularly that we would be just doing Marvel look back, look back. And just the same thing cycling through. Trading, Trading policy. policy mm-hmm. Retrospective. Yeah. Uh, so I do. I love these. And I also love that we used to, at the end of every episode, go, what do we want to do next week? And we'd stand around and we'd rack our brains. And then mm-hmm. somebody would throw something out. And we'd be like, mm, I don't think I can talk about that. I can do it. You just pick a thing and put it up. And then we have to just deal with it. Well, here's the thing. I have nothing for next week because I just wrote in yeah. Christmas tie-in. So, yeah, and that's what also do you guys want? December twenty-first. We're a week ahead, guys. We're a week ahead of schedule. Oh, oh that's great! After falling behind, yeah. yeah, we'll have to talk about it. 